We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. BBM for draft time over at underdogfantasy.com. That is what we're doing today on Rotoviz Overtime. It's myself, Colin Kelly. I'm joined, as always, by Sean Siegel. We're waiting to find out our draft slot. The draft has just filled, as I say that. We are from the 108. If you are playing over at Underdog Fantasy or you're signing up, you haven't played yet, and you want to sign up and get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100, use the code Rotoviz. That will set you up with that new account. If you're playing the BBM Ford, it's $25 to enter. There is a $3 million top prize to the winner off it all come the end of it. So, Sean, that's what we're attempting to do today from the 108. Not a spot I don't think that we have combined to have on the Road of His OT podcast very often. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we do here once we get up and running in the draft. We have some time to converse before we kick off. Sometimes we kick off the clock we're ready to go and the the first thing that happens is we have the 101 or the 102 and they're always nice things but it doesn't give us a lot of time to talk through our approach as we get ready for the draft and i'm sure some people will be watching this on video over on youtube and i know we'll have people as well listening to just the audio side i'm sure people will love to see you know drafting from the 108 we do have justin jefferson jamar chase in the queue we'll see sean if they make it all the way here to the 108 and shake things up but that usually doesn't happen and i, I always see people commenting that we have them added to the queue but you never know what will happen in the draft maybe that was a little bit optimistic sean though the 108 we may try something a little bit different today we like to shake things up in these drafts but we'll see what we do and what options are available at that point and what is available moving forward we may push tight end a little bit today depending on how things go we may even load up on some of these running backs uh i, I joked with you that maybe something wasn't well with me today i was I was feeling excited to, to d- dive into the running back pool. So how are you feeling as we get the 108 here and we're ready to draft? Good. We've talked about the 108 as potentially being the weakest overall slot. And yet, certainly nothing to worry about. We've got lots Sean's of hyping it up here right off the start. We're two minutes into the show and we have a, a terrible draft slot. <laughs> lots of different pathways that we can build from the 108. One of the things right now that you can occasionally get is a Cooper Cup sliding to the 108 because of that hamstring injury. He does go at 105. So a little bit lower than he was going before the injury. He is expected back for the season, at least as we record today. 
Travis Kelsey here at the top of our board. One of the reasons you would put the guys in the queue here is just not to ever miss something that yeah. does potentially 100%. come up. We do get to Kelsey here. We talked about pushing the tight ends. I think that Garrett Wilson is interesting. He's expected to return to practice. Colin, which direction would you like to go here? If you take one of these guys who normally are at that 10, 11, 12, you know, one, two, three range in the second, maybe get a little bit of a unique build. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go with, I think I would go with Wilson, but it's up to you which one you want to take. So we'll put Garrett Wilson up there at and the top. It was tough there, Sean, to pass on Kelsey. That is a few spots, you know, it's kind of, it's right around where he goes, but it's an interesting range. And I had topped off the start of the show by saying we were going to push tight end. I think if I hadn't said that, are we, are we looking at a Travis Kelsey team here? Have you been drafting Kelsey much in that first round? Or have you been, as we've talked on some of these shows, trying to, you know, push it to some of those later options at the, the tight end position. I have a few teams with Kelsey and I do like them. I think they set you up very nicely to potentially win the whole tournament, especially if you then go you know, very wide receiver heavy. I think it does close off a little bit of those paths to do some of these running back fallers. Because one of the things you are hoping is that you either take Patrick Mahomes coming back there in the second, or you're hoping that he wraps around to you in the third so you can get that combination. It's it's really much more valuable to you to have those two guys together, even though that wasn't as much the way 2021 played out. I do think that the rave reviews we're getting for guys like Richie James, Justin Ross, uh, Rasheed Rice, you know, decent buzz for someone like a Sky Moore, even with the injury to Kadarius Tony. I mean, I said this last year and it turned out to be completely incorrect, but I do think that as Kelsey continues to advance in his career, you have a little bit of risk. Obviously, mostly what you're looking at with him is just how well he played last season, but the Chiefs are making some sort of low profile, if you want to call it that, but they're making some moves to improve the peripheral weapons. I think you're looking more at like a normal Travis Kelsey season, which is still very, very good, but a normal Travis Kelsey season as opposed to what we got last year. Yeah, supersonic Travis Kelsey season, but you know it's it's always there in the range of possibilities. Since we picked John, some interesting selections. We do get the one twelve drafter taking back to back AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts with those selections. B. John Robinson then uh, then sent Brown. Sean, the player was hoping would get back was Waddle. As I was talking there, I was a little bit afraid that that might not happen. Devonte Adams goes off one pick before us, and I think with the other options available there, running back and Barkley and and Jonathan Taylor are both interesting. If it's a case that Waddle wasn't there, but I think starting off when we take guard Wilson, that was my hope was that it would be a a Wilson Waddle start. Is that what you were hoping for? Yeah, certainly. If Amon Ra makes it a couple more picks, then you're elated and you're going to jump on that. And right now, especially with Wilson having that ding to the ankle, I mean, you can make a really good case that Amon Ra is who we should have taken in the first that, round. That was what I was going to yeah. ask. How, how close is that for you with those two guys? I think it's very, very close. The For me, the upside with a Garrett Wilson, if you get not really a peak Aaron Rodgers season, but if you get him playing the way that he has at times, and even last year with Christian Watson, even though the overall performance from Rodgers wasn't particularly good last season, I do think that Wilson gives you more variety, gives you more verticality, gives you more upside. But one of the things that's important not to miss when you're thinking about players who have that profile that's a little bit Cooper Cup-ish is the Cooper Cup put together you know, one of the most transcendent stretches in you know, reality wide receiver history, certainly in fantasy history. If 
you were to say that Amon Ra is the next guy to do that, especially when they don't have Jamison Williams for the first six games there, I think there's a strong possibility that we get a big score. I mean, you're never expecting to get a Cooper Cup score, even from Cooper Cup himself, but a big score. And I mean, it's a little bit safer of a play as well. One of the things that you're thinking through a little bit there is like, can we really trust just how well Jerry Goff played last season? But you think back to the game early on, I believe it was one of the other games that Thomas and I were talking about for a remember that game show where we had the Chiefs Rams massive shootout back in the early going there of the Goff of the Patrick Mahomes era where both teams were unstoppable. We've gone through different stretches with Jerry Goff where he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And so if you're looking at a possibly mildly washed up Aaron Rodgers versus a Jerry Goff who appears to be at peak form, you know, maybe that's something that actually tilts toward Goff. So those are some of the other things that we would be thinking about there. So we are a couple of picks away here, two picks away from our next selection. Recent picks have been Stevenson, DK Metcalf, Mark Andrews, Allen. Metcalf could, or sorry, Andrews could have been interesting with the, the Dolphins-Ravens thing uh, in week 17. But we are up on the clock, and Brees Hall has made it back to us, Sean. I think, for me, he is, is interesting. The, the wide receiver then that would be a note would be Allen. You also have Jerry Judy there. Feels like this might be a, a Brees Hall pick. How, how are you feeling here as we sit on the clock? 10 seconds left. I felt like filibustering this out, Sean, but I'll let you have 10 seconds. <laughs> I, I think that we have to go with Brees Hall here. It is a situation where I have a decent amount of Hall with Wilson. You're making a fairly strong bet on the Jets offense at that point. I, again, I think there's some what compelling argument that you know maybe you would prefer to have Amon Ra with Hall. So when we're looking at some of those games down the stretch, that the Jets offense really does flow through Hall. When we're thinking about what had happened up until 2021. So when people are talking about, well, this is what's worked in BBM during 2021 and 2022, it's really such a different environment than you're talking about, you know, for the whole previous decade, where the one real argument against zero RB was that the star running backs had put up these monster scores across the fantasy playoffs. Certainly not all of them, but you could pick out one guy, you know, more or less in most seasons. And if you're on that guy, then you win. And you know, can he do that at the same time that Garrett Wilson puts up big numbers? You can, but maybe you prefer to have those two plays separated. I still like this team that we have going here. It would have been interesting also to consider Josh Jacobs, especially if he were to end up, say, on the Kansas City Chiefs. That was one of the rumors that I saw this weekend. I guess I don't exactly buy that. I don't know why Kansas City would be out on these other, like, mildly compelling RBs when you know, for Josh Jacobs, you're going to have to pay him a ton and probably doesn't give you a lot more. The wrong way to think about it, I think, probably from Kansas City, you really want to look at those running backs from a one-year perspective. However, he does go. Travis Etienne would have been another target for us. He goes the pick right ahead of us here. I don't know that we have a great selection. If we look at wide receivers, we're kind of already into that Chris Godwin wing. We could go with Christian Watson, your I'm not against Walker here. Um, obviously, hasn't been practicing at the moment. Dobbins would be an option, but I think Walker is the the one to go for here, based on what I'm trying to think of ahead. I'm really disappointed, though, to be honest, to miss out on on both Etienne and uh, Jerry Judy, who did go in back to back picks. It felt like three picks out that we are in a pretty good spot where we get one of those guys making it back to us. Neither of them does, so we do go Walker. Although he hasn't been uh, practicing, I still have very very high hopes and expectations for him. 
this season. Interesting, Sean, ETN is somebody we're going to talk about a little bit later this week. You did an article up on the website talking about him, and uh, I'm looking forward to diving into that in a little bit more detail. We may have touched on it there if we had got him one more pick, but we didn't. So we will be picking in 10 selections time. So far, it's a Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, so second-year running back team with Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle. And I do think, obviously, Sean, you can you know run these teams and try and separate them out so you don't have Wilson with Hall, but... You know, when you get through those playoff weeks, it may be a case that you need Brees Hall one of those weeks. You need, uh, sorry, I said London Wilson. I meant to say you need him the other week. So these things can can all work out for you in those those sort of ways. But interesting now in hindsight, would you rather at this point have Amon Ross St. Brown to, to build out this roster as things have settled so far? No, I'm going to say let's stick with Garrett Wilson okay. and get gonna stick with massive it. upside. Yeah, so we are four picks in, eight picks to go. Joe Mixon off the board, uh, Terry McLaurin, Christian Watson, Joe Burrow, Drake London. A lot of options here that should be available for us, Sean, when it comes back around. You mentioned Godwin at the last pick. I, I did think that he was very interesting. You know, He was probably my next wide receiver I would want at that point. But we do pass because I, I think there's a chance that he makes it back to us. Jackson Smith and Jigba should be here in this range. There's quite a few players that we we like, I think, coming up. We could be really building up here on the, the Seahawks and uh the Jets here to kick things off. Two of our favorite teams from from our 20 from our 2022 draft show. Yeah, and you look at that team to start out. Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle are the recommended picks in rounds one and two for my five must-have selections in ffpc main events and so if you're thinking ffpc if you're thinking redirect if you're thinking main event and you have picks kind of in that range where we are where maybe you're locked out of the safest and also highest upside picks you might look at a team similar to what we're putting together here column we get back through with jsn still on the board he i think is the guy that i want beyond all other players and i've been locked out on him for a while any reason to go anywhere else no it's between him and godwin if you want to go that way and hopefully godwin sneaks back to us i don't think he will but both of those guys are are right there so this is a range where there is some interest in wide receivers that i'm ha- happy to get into you know and draft you know along with that pickens is there borks is there there's a couple of guys that i think are a little bit discounted based on how things have gone and you mentioned you know with gart wilson you know with, with some of the injury news that's going around i mentioned with walker not training you know you even mentioned with potential trade rumors there's a lot going on around the nfl it's going to be a very interesting time to draft over the next couple of weeks try to react to those changes across uh you know the the nfl landscape and how that impacts fantasy football landscape like for example kyle pitts is in our queue i, I can't remember which day it was it might have been last thursday or last friday but you know for in the space of an hour it went from like i was his knees not recovered to like oh he's looking pretty good here out in the practice field to his quarterback can't throw straight passes you know there's there's a lot of things happening and i think uh taking a step back as well is a is a good way to handle it at the moment but i really like how how things are kicking off here we are going to be up in four selections time sean godwin does go off the board deontay johnson went off the board tyler lockett christian kirk so a little run of wide receivers here jk dobbins is still somebody who's in the queue we'll be picking at spot 65 he has an adp of 68 kyle pitts though sean is in this range george kettle is a going to be a couple of picks past adp um george pickens maybe gets back to us at the the next selection that we do after this how are you feeling um in this particular point about i think it's for me dobbins versus versus pitts here and we are on the clock 
We are. The other player to look at, I think, would be a George Pickens, who I think is going to start going well above where he is here. Uh, the positional flexibility for for Pitts is interesting. Dobbins has that chance to give us the massive upside. Which player do you prefer? You're on the clock. Four seconds left. You make the selection. Okay, so we'll go ahead and take Dobbins. Again, we talked about waiting it out on tight end in this particular draft we would have pits probably separate from any other pieces of that game just for the listeners so you get a feel for how that portion of it is building out how drafters are doing the chicago atlantic game you have justin fields who goes at the 402 and then later on in that round you get Drake London at the 412, DJ Moore at the 501. So those players are being put opposite each other there. And then Kyle Pitts may actually make it back to the drafter who is in that turn position, who has had the 101 originally. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide if they get that. That team right now is Justin Jefferson, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Drake London, DJ Moore. Pretty fun team, I think, there. From the 101, Pitts does go at the 611. Yeah, that, that team out of the, the two spot who just took Pitts as well. That's a T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow start as well on that roster. So a number of interesting teams here to look through. They also have Stevenson in there as well, along with Alexander Madison. So there's a couple of interesting teams being built. Dobbin Sean also gives that little bit of a Week 17 correlation as well with Jalen Waddle, who we took earlier in the draft. Who do you think? Uh, do you think Dobbins is the, the normal pick there for me, or do you think it's Kyle Pitts? I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. Yeah. So but, uh, I, the, the hope here for us now, Sean, is that, that Pickens would get back. Um, you know, Burks is here, DeAndre Swift, uh, Dodson. You know, it's kind of one of those 2v2 scenarios there where you take Dobbins. If you don't take him, you're maybe hoping that Swift comes back. And as I say, that Swift goes off the board at the 702. So he goes six picks before our next selection. So that wouldn't have fallen our way anyway so makes that Dobbins pick even more favorable towards me and Sean we haven't drafted many teams with a kind of hyper fragile approach having those three relatively I guess we'll say running backs early this is the sixth round we take that third one but it's a three running back three wide receiver builds so far so we're going to see how things play out over the next couple of rounds but I think we're pretty healthy at the moment at the running back position one more option would be potentially to to take one more running back and, and seal things up but then that always prices you out or locks you out sorry off the the options then a little bit later two of the targets that i would have really preferred at this next selection and dobbins and pickens have gone off the board at the 704 705 so two picks away sean who is the option that you're hoping to make it back to us here well flowers goes as well pickens was someone i was really hoping because we have the seattle portion of that yep. game set and i didn't think that he would get back so he was a candidate for a big reach previously we now have quentin johnston who is somebody that i think we also want to really prioritize he would be my pick here any other direction no i'm good with it there's a couple of players there and him and addison and barks who are, are very very close for me so yeah I'm, I'm happy to go with johnson there when we have done these drafts i i do feel like he has been winning those tiebreakers quite a bit have you been prioritizing him over those other two guys adp is all in a similar range for addison burks there then you're kind of dropping off into a, a tier where you start to get towards some more veteran options like a Brunton cooks yeah and the cooks positioning there and I, that's it's no 
coincidence that that is more or less where he is being positioned because that's going to be a priority pick for the Amon Ra drafter. But I am actually fairly high on Cooks when we think about some of the veteran wide receivers. When we look at the talent thesis that these guys offer, I think that you always have these players who are sort of peak and late peak at receiver who are being overdrafted because players want the safety. They don't realize that you know you need more than the likely floor that those guys are going to give you and the risks that even sort of the supposed late peak players provide, especially if they're not stars. But when you think about someone like a Mike Evans, it's a pretty clear cut thesis for him. Brandon Cooks has not been to that level and he's someone who continues to switch teams. The reality teams that have him are very willing to say, I mean, he's not a priority for us in terms of how we're putting our team together. And yet when you think through that and look at what he has done so consistently, except for that stretch where he had the concussions, then you put him in that Dallas offense. You let C.D. Lamb take the target, the, the, the defensive attention, and suddenly I think you really have to like that so Colin, we had a couple of running backs on our board here in javante williams and james cook they go in two of the three picks right ahead of us and that i think is frustrating and yet at the same time we do have the three running backs we've already kind of made those bets in sort of a modified hyper fragile Tua would seem to be the clear-cut pick yeah i was hoping that you were going to slide him up there on the the board as we had four seconds left but two would be the pick uh to, to fit in there with waddle and also as i mentioned jk dobbins on the the week 17 element on the bring back so that gets us one quarterback, Sean. Somebody I, I haven't drafted really that much at all this year is Aaron Rodgers. He may make a lot of sense as our secondary quarterback, but that would be in another two to three rounds. Uh, I don't know if he's somebody that you've been drafting, but uh, not somebody, but this team I think might make sense. We are 11 picks away from our next selection. Probably a good time to do a team run through. So we have two at quarterback with Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins paired with Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, and then Jackson Smith and Jigbet and Quentin Johnson. So two rookie wide receivers as we wait to see what our options are moving forward. Sean, already adding Geno Smith in as a potential option, just out of interest with quarterback potential options here in this area, which as Elijah Morris, he goes off the board, he would have been somebody I was interested in here at this next selection. Um, uh, any strong preference for Geno over Rodgers based on the ADPs as well, if where they're, they're going off the board a little bit between them. Yeah. I think that when you have the three wide receivers who are all performing extremely well, or you get just the absolute crazy raves about a JSN and suddenly the situation with Geno Smith, where he played very well last season and now has an additional player who just opens things up so much you got another guy who probably will instantly be their best wide receiver you're talking about a guy who can start to do those sort of pass oriented types of things that allow you to have an elite season without a ton of rushing value and one of the other elements there is that Gino actually had some sneaky rushing yards and i wouldn't necessarily expect that to continue but You've got a profile that starts to look very good. Now, I like Aaron Rodgers. I like pushing Aaron Rodgers to kind of see where he gets to, but I like him a lot better when he's paired with Elijah Moore on there as well. So if you go Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, so you have both sides of that Week 17 game, that's when I really start to like Rodgers as a possibility. 
Colin, this is a little bit of a flat section that we're coming to. I do think that Evan Ingram becomes an interesting pick. If he makes it a couple more spots, that would put him about eight slots below ADP. We have a lot of ADP reaches in this draft. That's not a huge problem because they're still good rankings, values, and we're trying to set up a very specific type of team that gives us tournament upside. And yet, if we got a tight end who could score a lot of points and is discounted, I think that that would be something to consider. What else are you seeing here as most of the guys who are top on our board still are you know, pretty bad values at ADP? Yeah, so like Dobbs would be the next option for me at, at wide receiver, but that's quite a bit away. So I think what you mentioned in terms of, uh, you know, if, if it wasn't the build here where we have these running backs, you know, you're looking into P. Ryan, for example, at this point, but I, I'm quite comfortable here going with, with Ingram at a basically almost a round discount here, 10 picks or eight picks, sorry, post ADP. So I'm, ha- I'm happy enough with that. Um, it is the situation then that we're probably looking towards that quarterback position at the next selection uh, and seven picks of it makes it to us. The pick at the moment is the 106. Geno Smith is pretty much 115. So we'll be right around that point. But Dobbs will be the next wide receiver of, of real interest. And it does get a little bit interesting after that point. But I, I think based on what we've done so far, and the discount ingram is very did i miss any ingram news over the past couple of days that would lead to a round discount like that or is it just a case that we're, we maybe are seeing the team teams pass here on them in this particular draft i think we have other teams who are just taking a similar sort of mindset we do lose geno smith to the drafter who selected tyler lockett you're going to have that happen from time to time i had put brian robinson in the queue he's somebody who looks like he's going to be a great fit in what they're doing there at washington the top player here for me is a chain even though he has gotten banged up a little column anybody else we should be looking at here if you want to go with a chain i think that finishes we're probably getting pretty close to being, being finished up at running back but I'm, I'm good for it if we want to if that's what we want to do there so we'll go ahead and take that risk it's about at adp and it gives us a fourth really big upside play and it also goes into you know <laughs> uh, the option to have to uh with chain and the the dolphin side of things so there is those potential you know dump off passes that could lead to to those touchdowns as well so there is some correlation to it so so far sean that would kind of open me up as well to the potential option of Aaron Rodgers uh, as the second quarterback based on losing out on gino We'll see how that goes beyond ADP at this particular point. But at the moment, we have uh, been stacking up kind of the, the running back and wide receivers on a, on a couple of these offenses. But like in the Bills, we have one quarterback, four running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end through those 10 rounds. So we'll see. There may be some options coming up at running back that we just cannot pass up, obviously. And this format with it being half, half point PPR, um, getting those running back values is, is very important. But I, I really love those opening four that we have stashed in there just the four wide receivers to go along with it how are you feeling sean about the the build so far we have some time before the next pick 10 selections away i like it and it's a perfect example of one of the things that we like to do which is to create just insane upside we have a variety of rookies obviously a variety of second year players we have numerous injured running backs so we have the four relatively early running backs and yet as we continue to think through this we want to realize that early season production could be an issue even though we have selected some early running backs if the draft falls in a very specific way i think that when you get to a with the 89th pick 
one of the things that you're looking at there is that you didn't have to pay elite QB prices, but if your thesis on Jalen Waddle pans out, right? If you get the kind of season that you're looking for from Waddle at that pick, then everything that we saw from Tua last year was that when he was healthy and firing on all cylinders, he could give you past production that was similar to like a Joe Burrow, for example, who's going much earlier, who'd be better than a Justin Herbert. That frees us up to potentially a two QB build. Yeah, not not that you're just right on on Waddle, but also that we kind of know what we kind of expect from Hill, and that that's obviously then you know Tua becomes one of those quarterbacks that should be going in the the first five kind of rounds at, at the moment at this moment. Dobbs Dobbs doesn't make it back to us; he goes at, at one two two. So we are four picks away. The options in the queue: Kendry Miller, we have Aaron Rodgers, we have Russell Wilson, Dulcich, Laporta. This is where we get into some really interesting tight end options as well. Some of the younger guys, the second year guys, which you'll see will end up filling out the majority of this particular roster. Anyone, Sean, really standing out for you in the next kind of round, round and a half, where you'd be willing to reach ahead of, let's say, Aaron Rodgers, who would be, you know, five, six picks after ADP at this next selection. To for for me, if it's a two a Rodgers build, it, it really locks it in at. Uh, and Rodgers goes off the board as I say that it would have been a two quarterback <laughs> build. That that will make it interesting here. I know I know we have well Russell Wilson in there as a, an option. We, we may continue to to punt quarterback here a little bit with uh, Rodgers going there. Yeah, the Rodgers selection at that point is a little bit interesting. Goes to Lazard drafter maybe is the the one. It goes thing. to Lazard drafter who also has Njoku and Elijah Moore. You know, maybe that works. Uh, the thing I was going to suggest anyway would just be to select Greg Dulcich, which gives you both sides of that Denver Chargers Week 17 game and opens you up to select Russell Wilson. It is a situation where you already have a tight end with that buy, but are you good with that pick? Yeah, the tricky part gets, uh, we're going to have to take it now, three seconds left. It, it does get into a situation where that kind of rules out uh, Laporta then as an option because that would have three tight ends at that buy. Um, so that, that's fine with me. Rondell Moore, Sean, somebody probably that I would think about adding into the queue uh, as we try and I think we over the next couple of rounds, we're really going to want to kind of try and hammer in some of the, the wide receiver options, but it's going to be a, a fun few rounds here. This is where it can get uncomfortable when you take those those four running backs early trying to, to really flesh out the, the tight end position along with, um, you know, getting, getting this last quarterback as well. But we are in a point now where when we've gone beyond Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson uh, goes off the board there that it does tend to kind of lean itself into that three QB build. But with the conversation I mentioned earlier now with the, the four running backs we have, it may be a case that that will give us the extra flexibility to to add that additional third quarterback. Is that how you're thinking about it? Or are you still comf- confident here with, with the two QB build if we, you know, if we go with our buddy Sam Howell who seems to be uh one in this quarterback competition getting 100 percent of the reps so far yeah i mean howell is is interesting there they have a situation where the defense has supposedly been dominating at camp when you're talking about a young qb you're talking about an inexperienced offensive coordinator you're talking about an above average defense you know those things are going to happen i think you have to kind of stay the course when you're getting these good prices we don't have howell really set up on this team though Definitely and so not. from that perspective i mean a rondell Moore pick as you referenced would open up the kyler murray opportunities and so 
that's probably the direction that I would be leaning. Moore's definitely the pick for me with this particular selection in terms of you know how ADPs sit at this particular point of the draft. Rice could have been in play too, not as much for this team as you as you mentioned, but if you know if Moore is not there and Rice is there at the same time, it becomes a, a closer decision. Kyler obviously allows you, you know, having two of there kind of allows you the, the opening weeks of the season to, to hopefully get him back and healthy. Um so let's let's see how that plays out for us here. You could go with Curtis Samuel and just put put everything in on Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel, Sean, here to uh, to round out the draft with a with a howl pick. You can. One of the things that I I do really appreciate about Bjorn's recent article on late stacks and back stacks is it fleshes out some of what the risks and downside would be. You don't want to be thinking about that as sort of your main path or something you're going to do in a lot of drafts. I do think that if you get in a situation where these are guys that you like anyway and a thesis you like to play or you want to get some exposure to, it makes sense to do it in teams or on teams where you got locked out of some of the other components. And so that part of it, you know, fits together very nicely there. As we look through kind of some of the other late options, I'm putting those guys in the queue again so that we don't necessarily lose track of them. And Colin, I, I think that Rice is a good pick. I had wanted to load up on him as much as possible there for a couple week period. I know that there is still probably an irrational exuberance element to Justin Ross and that thesis, but it's starting to become more and more viable. And so I mean, if you're the talking drum about just getting lighter, that is for sure. I mean, if you're talking about Sky Moore where he goes, if you're talking about an injured and somewhat useless Kadarius Tony where he goes, if you're talking about a rookie and Rashid Rice who probably has to go through some of the things that Sky Moore went through last year where he goes versus Justin Ross, who like in a vacuum would be easily the most talented of all of them. I mean, you're always just one day away. I mean, you're one day away with every player from them being injured and not being able to give you the production you're looking for. But the guys who have things that may be chronic, obviously – much that concern is heightened right and yet i mean again it's justin ross and so that's kind of the play that i like to start feathering in on these drafts where you need some more receivers right now we are at five we're going to need at least two more as we continue to fill out this roster yeah we're going to at least two more maybe even see see if we can sneak in a third but this is a tricky spot, Sean. Sam Laporta would be in the dream pick here as we're one pick away. It's probably going to last. The, the issue is that a lot of the players, particularly at wide receiver, we'd be interested in here are quite a bit above ADP. Curtis Samuel, who I mentioned, Hyatt's there. But is there anyone, Sean, that you know around ADP here that you want to make the pitch for outside of making that reach to, to a Samuel or even a, a Justin Ross who would be in a similar range? Miller would well, be kind of the only the yeah, only. I one think that. that Kendra Miller is a pretty easy pick here. Yeah, I, I think it, as much as I don't want to, I think it has to be because based on you know his ADP, basically it picks again after ADP with that particular one, and um, it, it was the the logical choice outside of having already having those four running backs. It's definitely the logical choice by by ADP. All the options that we have in the queue at the moment: Curtis Samuel, Hyatt, Shakir, Paris Campbell, Tutu Atwell, John John Ross. Although between between pick one seventy five and. Uh, outside of Atwell between 186 so in that one round range you'd be hoping to pick up two of those guys when we get to 
those selections, you know, when we get to the the next pick and six picks, even they will be a consideration. Interesting options, O'Shawn, that would have been a, available around this particular point at, at running back. Had we gone with a, a zero RB approach, Hubbard's there, for example. Um, but I think we're we're still we're still setting up in a, a pretty nice place here with a couple of selections to go before we get back. Kyler Murray did go, so that rules out that particular option. We probably are looking at if we if we do manage to get Samuel here. Probably, you know, the other player that would be in the the options here would be Kenny Pickett. The other option, Sean, is we could just take the zero at the tight end position in week nine, as it's going to be hard to pass on Sam Laporta as he potentially lasts back to us here again. Yeah, and even the four tight end will work here. And one of the problems is that we we do have some positional issues. This team has not set up quite as nicely to give you that full flexibility to take best player available. We've got issues with our running back injuries and youth. We've got injuries with our wide receiver issues with our wide receiver depth. We have issues with our tight end buys. We don't have a second QB. And yet the talent that we're putting together on this team, I think you just have to lean into Laporta below ADP and maybe take that zero. You're going to crush tight end at, I mean, the, the rest of the way through and potentially in the tournament. You get there. I'm with I'm with Laporta here. Is that good? Let's go. I can't keep passing on it, Sean. I am shocked that Laporta has, you know, slid to that particular point of the draft. The and in terms of players having good camps and puff pieces and highlight clips coming out about them, I don't think there's anybody that um has had a, a good a time as, as Laporta has had in Lions camp. So that is three <laughs> tight ends on the the week nine bye. But uh, we'll we'll see what pops up, Sean, in those last couple of rounds. It feels to me here like we we take the zero in that particular week and, and see how it goes on those other particular weeks as well. So we'll be up in 11 picks. We're looking at wide receiver. We're looking at that that second quarterback. And as much as it could be tricky, Sean, we may be into a, a two-quarterback build here with some question marks around that that second option in particular and also that it, it may be kind of a, an unstacked option here as well. Who are some of the, the the potential options for you here at quarterback? I know the, the listeners will know, you know, Redder will be in with some consideration here, but the likes of a, a Garoppolo, a Mayfield, Tannehill, any of those guys of interest at all for you at this point? Well, you're starting to look at where you might be able to get a late player who is interesting at all. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, probably nobody there. If you were in a 20-round draft, Darnell Washington has generated some buzz. The, the I, one thing I'm about Pickett as... that makes him a little bit interesting if he does make it is we have uh, quite a bit on the Seahawks side, and that's a, you know it wouldn't have throughout the season correlation, but week 17 you would have the, the correlation with those Seahawks players and Walker and, and JSN. That's a really good point right there. You can do some things late with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones with Devontae Parker becomes a little bit we interesting. We another tight end as well. <laughs> you can always take one of those New England tight ends. Obviously, we've been talking about Curtis Samuel, and he was the guy that would go with Sam Howell. And when you're thinking about Curtis Samuel, one of the things they've talked a lot about in camp is that these short passes these quick releases have been helping how kind of manage how this offense works and then they love the deep shots off of that and so i mean there's a, a uh, decent possibility that you're talking about samuel as the guy who not 
probably not for the full season, but there are numerous games where he actually leads in targets. Now, as you have reacted there, he does go four <laughs> slots ahead of ADP to the drafter at 172. Some of the plays that would just be kind of by themselves types of plays, unless we were to then go with a Devontae Parker off of it, we could put Parker up here and we could try and go with Shakir and Parker together. That would be one way to play it. We could also just go ahead and take our shot here with Justin Ross. What do you like? That's a very flat zone, Sean, here. Um, Parker isn't the player I thought you'd be pitching to me at this point in the draft, but uh, it's between Parker and Pickett, and I think we need wide receiver more, and Sean's gone for, for Justin Ross. Which one are we going for? We get Parker. I, I didn't think that we were going to make a point, Sean, in the draft where Devontae Parker was the player you pitched to me, but it looks like we're getting into Mark, Mac Jones territory here. Yeah, so once we lose Samuel with Howell, we can play this a little bit safer perhaps and take a mac jones the final season he had in college was extraordinary he had a nice season as a rookie everyone knows the story about last year the offense is bouncing back early in camp with now a competent situation there for all of the things that have happened with bill o'brien through the ages when he was the coordinator there with the new england patriots they were massive shootout style I think one of the things that you're going to get from Mac Jones is a little better floor than people are thinking, which could help if we have some of these individual games where you need more than just Tua. It's not an incredibly exciting way to play it, but you sometimes need to just round out the roster in a way that makes sense. And we have so many other things about this team that are so cool. If you have to be a little bit safer or play some things that you do actually have in your bag of tricks that you do want to play occasionally then again i mean this is when you pull them out you don't just say let's continue to do crazy stuff because we've done crazy stuff to this point again it's not as much fun as everything else that we've done but i think it does make sense with the way that the team is rounding out colin you want to go with the chiefs i think i would rather go i think i would rather go with ross over shakir unless you want to go with shakir for the week 17 i think season long we have a you know, there's a chance that Ross could become the wide receiver one of the Chiefs. I, I don't think that's possible with Shakir on the, the Bells. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So the you're saying you're still that, a Stefan Diggs fan. I'm still a Stefan Diggs fan, yeah. Not drafting him, but I still <laughs> I think he's better than Shakir. Uh, the the one thing there, Sean, I was going to mention, Kenny Pickett is still sliding. We're at pick 187. Now, we picked at 185. His ADP is 172. So he, he would potentially become interesting, even though we have no Steelers to go along with him at this particular point off the draft, um, if he continued to fall there. But uh, Mac Jones and him will be kind of coming into consideration a little bit later here for maybe that second quarterback there's lots of late quarterback options when you're holding off you know in the queue at the moment we have Pickett, mac jones Brees young sam howell desmond ritter the issue with them and the reason that the excitement isn't as as high as it normally would be at this point is you know we haven't paired them up through those earlier rounds with potential options to, to pair them up noah fant would be a another option if we had still to pick a tight end uh, hunter henry's obviously an option as well with the mac jones element of things but we will be picking down the 17th round so we have two selections left sean at this particular point in the draft i think it's going to be obviously obviously one of these picks has to be a quarterback i would assume we're not doing a one quarterback build here are we no no we'll we'll pick a qb we do have sam howell go at 189 so you have the bet being made on him there pick it sliding as we kind of check in and look at the teams who have Steelers. We're seeing a team that is a Justin Fields, Matthew Stafford team. And then the Pickens team is the one that actually went with the Aaron Rodgers selection there. Uh, so that team has Josh yeah. Allen and Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, there's a pretty decent chance here that Pickett does get back to us. And so then it's a question of, do you want to play the other side of that Seattle game in week 17? Do you Something want to play think about potentially is, uh, I know we've oh, taken, does go there. No, Kenny Pickett went, what I was going to say is Taekwon Thornton could be an option to go with Mac Jones and uh, Parker, even though we've made the Parker selection. Yeah, we've got up to seven receivers now. And since the early receivers I do have a lot of confidence in, I think that probably sitting there at seven, especially because the last three, Rondell Moore, Devontae Parker, Justin Ross, I think are nice fits. We can probably go with seven. It's maybe even a little bit of a question of would you add a Travion or like a Leonard Fournette 
a Dwayne McBride, a Pierre Strong with we a are very clock. final are you taking pick. Mac Jones with this pick? Yeah, I think this one okay. is pretty clear-cut, Mac. Okay. We'll take Mac Jones, obviously, then. Um, the Do you think there's a benefit in adding Hunter Henry as a fourth tight end? It's obviously you don't want to have four tight ends in this format, but is, what should we I think the I think the upside of uh the running back would be potentially more than having that fourth tight end for one single week of scoring you know for example if he if he puts up five points that week it's probably not going to be the difference in advancing and not advancing well yeah it that's probably true and yet it could be it could also be that we get some injuries at tight end and he factors in more frequently it could also be a case where he is the guy who gets multiple touchdowns in the final week with our quarterback, Mac Jones. He would give us two plays off of Mac. So that element for me, I, I guess I don't have enough conviction in Travion with the injury and probably being behind Chase Brown. Maybe Joe Mixon doesn't have any issues and really is just the bell cow. And then Fournette, I mean, he's probably going to sign somewhere, but it's probably I mean, pasta. <laughs> It doesn't really look right now like he's going to sign somewhere and be a threat. Although the one thing we can do, Sean, with this team is we can win with a two quarterback, five running back, seven wide receiver, four tight end build, and we can destroy all the uh, charting for next season when people are talking about what you need for a winning structure. Well, but again, I mean, we are getting some some buzz for the four tight end, and we do have you know, for tight end, you pull up the roster construction explorer and doesn't hate it at all. And so it, in most of those cases, you're not pulling the trigger on that Evan Ingram pick with that. But I mean, we got Evan Ingram also below ADP. So that part of it, I think is vaguely interesting. Come on, let me pull that up while we're kind of wrapping this up here, but let the listeners know what our team is. So we finish up with Tua and Mac Jones at quarterback. Then we have Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins, A-Chain, and Kendry Miller at running back. Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Rondell Moore, Devontae Parker, Justin Ross, then Evan Ingram, Greg Dulcich, Sam Laporta, and Hunter Henry. Sean, we did try to pass on, on Laporta here, but it just wasn't possible to keep, to keep letting him slide beyond us. So it is a four tight end belt, two quarterback, a really strong running back room. And then we've put together what I think is a, a very interesting wide receiver room with a, a lot of potential upside at the back end of it. Lots of youth in this, Sean, too. A couple of veteran tight ends and in Ingram and Hunter Henry. We have Devontae Parker added in for a bit of experience in the, the locker room as well here for us. But how are you feeling as we, we wrap up this team? We did talk about pushing tight end. We did push it quite a bit. We also pushed it to have four off them on the roster. We wanted some running backs. We got a really strong running back core. I think it's a an interesting team and different to what we've built so far this offseason. Yeah, this is probably our most extreme upside build, especially if you are a believer in the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, and Tua, because Tua gives you that elite QB without the elite price. I also like when we're looking at how risky and how young and how high upside the running back group is that when you get Kendra Miller eight picks below ADP and you have him potentially getting that chance during the Alvin Kamara suspension 
to put up some points early to stake his claim for that starting lineup position. We know that he was rehabbing throughout most of the offseason. We know that he was initially put on pup for a couple of days and then clears, and now he's out there trying to win the job. I think that he's the guy who could end up actually unlocking this team if he's able to do some of those things, especially early. Now, we need Walker to come back from the groin injury. We need Brees Hall to do Brees Hall types of things and be able to recover from his situation. We need it to be the case where J.K. Dobbins is in a hold-in as opposed to simply being hurt and to have that work out. But the upside from those guys is so extreme, and that's also the case with an A-chain. You made the point during the show that – I mean, he can be a dump-off guy. One of the reasons why the Dolphins wanted him there was to catch those short passes and then potentially take them the distance. So a possibly better fit with Tua than some of the other running backs on that team might have been. You get those two wide receivers to start. You love the upside there. You get these two rookies who are both generating you know, crazy returns early on. Not too many spoilers, but the article that I have out today is going to feature them as potential I don't want to say superstars, but stars, guys who are going to just immediately not, not superstars, explode. But potential Hall of Famers. We'll put potential Hall of Famers. Right. So then you look at the tight end situation there and pulled up the underdog roster construction explorer. And you put in our approach here at the tight end position. You give a couple of those wide receivers early. You look at the three running backs before round 10. The more tight ends you add, the higher your regular season score has been, the higher your playoff advance has been. And so with this particular team that we have drafted, with two tight ends, you have that 21% playoff advance. Obviously, those are good numbers. You jump to three tight ends, and it's 23%, and also a very good finals advance rate. You go up to four tight ends, and the number of teams that have actually done that really plummets which is going to make it a little bit more difficult for you to get those correct combinations and move teams into the finals the finals advance is lower but it's the highest playoff advance at over 25 percent the regular season scoring average is another 10 points above the three tight end i think that we, when we get kind of backed into a corner right here and the fourth tight end makes sense both from a stacking perspective and from a bye week perspective i i love it and one of the things that you can really struggle with in this half PPR scoring at a position like tight end that doesn't score very well is you could have a lot of weeks where you do virtually nothing. You can get into the playoff portion of the tournament and do virtually nothing. When you have four different options and you have those guys with the chances to score those touchdowns, maybe even have a two touchdown game. I really like the way that it sets up because I do think that with our final picks by getting the more Parker and Ross picks in there at wide receiver. I think all of those are a lot of fun to get that Kendra Miller pick in at running back. I was talking kind of late in the show, late in the draft, that I didn't think this team gave us as much flexibility because we did have to continue to hit certain things. We couldn't just go best player available. And yet the way it worked out, I think was more or less perfect for us. That won't always be the case column, but I really like this team and I like this unusual construction. Yeah, I think it, it's very uh, like interesting as the draft went on. Those points where I didn't feel entirely comfortable with where it was going, but I think the way we were able to to round it out. And um, the the one thing I want to do, Sean, is if we pull up the draft board, what I want to see is some of the options where we did go to tight end because it felt like on some of those 
our hand was almost you know forced to to go with the tight end position because we did pass on pets which we had to try to avoid we passed on kelsey which we had to try to avoid so it felt like our favorite tight ends were all you know staring us in the face each and every time we were trying to make a selection so the first one that we do draft is in the ninth round we take evan ingram that's at the 908 around that selection sean the options that go after that before our next pick are Kadarius tony brian robinson then we have Juju Smith-Schuster, Geno Smith, who we had kind of talked about, but we were hoping that maybe would have got to us in that next round. Tyler Boyd, Nico Collins, Samaji P. Ryan, Pat Firemuth. So even if we had to went Geno and hope that, you know, Ingram or uh, Firemuth get back to us, that may not have happened. So I think there that pick made a lot of sense based on the ADP value we were getting there as well. Then when we take Dulcich, that is two rounds later in the 11th round, the 11.08. After that, it is Goff, Wilson, Gallup, Mooney, Jamal Williams, Tyler Higby. Jalen Warren, Rasheed Rice, Rondell Moore. So we get back, we take Moore, who was also a target when we were talking about Dulcich. So the one, Sean, that we could have potentially changed there for was Rice. I still think Dulcich is the, the correct pick there. And then when we take uh, Sam Laporta, the fourteen oh five at that particular point in the draft, you know, it's a case that I'm looking at and not really seeing what other potential options we would take. So the round before we took Kendry Miller, after that pick is Alex Pierce, MBS, Stafford, Singletary, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, John Mechie, Jerome Ford, and then Raheem Mostert. After it, though, before we get back to the Devontae Parker pick, is Derek Carr, Jaden Reed, Irv Smith, uh, Dante Foreman, Taysom Hill, Hodgson, Gainwell, Jalen Hyatt, Love, Shahid, Curtis Samuel is probably somebody who could come in for conversation. So I guess when we're looking back, Sean, the one player that goes between Laporta and Hoy Take Parker is Samuel then if we do take Parker there, we would skip on Justin Ross in that next round to take Sam Howell. But based on how it played out, getting Mac Jones, Hunter Henry, Devontae Parker in those last rounds, would you would you change Laporta for for Samuel? I just think the, the upside of Laporta is, is so high, and I still would have wanted to make that selection, even though we bypassed him for that Kendra Miller pick and the hope that he would almost be gone before he got back to us. Yeah, there aren't really picks that I would go back and do differently in this draft. You think about those names that you're mentioning, and it really does highlight that I'm not in any way saying that some of these players aren't going to score and score at key times. They are. And yet when you think through the player's profile, what they've actually accomplished both at the college level and at the NFL level, you're talking almost exclusively about guys where who they are as a player does not justify a pick in these ranges you just really don't want to have much exposure to them on your teams and so when you're thinking through the guys who would potentially go you know you're looking at maybe a jerome ford that pick would make sense if he gets a couple more spots to us sort of round out the running back group you could take him over laporta as you wrap back around, the two guys that I really like there are Samuel and Spears, and yet I already have extremely high exposure to those players. And you have to be aware, especially in this portion of the draft, this area of the draft, where it doesn't make as much difference. You're not saying, okay, well, I've got to draft those guys below ADP, but when my exposures are already really high and there's no like must-draft thesis for them here, I'm trying to let them go, right? We're not trying to reach for them 
rounds ahead of ADP when we already have a lot of them in the pro in the portfolio. And so you get back to the picks that we did make. I mean, they're, they're very clear cut picks, both in terms of making our roster work from a structural perspective, making it work from a correlation perspective, and also making some of these selections work from a larger portfolio perspective where, I mean, we just want to have some reticence to get to crazy high levels on a Curtis Samuel on a Spears. I mean, those guys are better picks than the other players going in that range. And yet they're not better picks to the point where you want to have enough exposure that an injury to them thins out a big chunk of your rosters. It's not that an injury to a round 15 guy is going to eliminate you. We know that there are going to be injuries. We do know that the teams that are healthiest have the best shot, but you're going to have a few injuries the key is just you don't want to have such an extreme number of rosters thinned out for a player who, I mean, still maybe doesn't really move the needle for this particular team. I like the way that we executed it. There are certain guys who were given to us at great prices that I just don't really think make sense. And you can argue that especially that's helpful when early on in the draft to execute the things we wanted to execute, to get that upside, to build the right type of team with that wide receiver running back balance, we did make some reaches. Now, your late round values are not going to balance out the reaches early from an ADP perspective, but when you're looking at the team overall, you have a little bit more balance to it. Uh, again, I, I don't think there are different directions that I would go in this draft. I, I like where we ended up. Yeah, and when we look at, you know, from the Kendry Miller pick onwards that I mentioned, that was around 13. <laughs> Every player that we had a kind of 2v2 who were like, yeah we'll wait and see what happens you know we, we talked about laporte at the miller pick laporte gets back to us at the Devontae parker pick was between him and justin ross justin ross gets back to us and then we get mac jones we get hunter henry you know all those picks fell exactly how we wanted them to fall in terms of the picks we talked about at the previous round so i think a very interesting team sean that i really like and i know we've focused a lot on the back end of this draft because of the four tight end build but let's go up and just talk about those opening picks that you hinted on there that gives the team that firepower because Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, JSN, JK Dobbins. Dobbins obviously concerns more longer term with his health from last season and preseason through the season two now. We obviously have Hall coming off his injury, Walker coming off his injury. So there is I think there's significant discounts though on those players based on when they're going. And I think the front end of this draft, Sean, has the potential for Wilson, Waddle, Hall, Walker, JSN, and Dobbins to all be opening three round picks in fantasy if we did a redraft come November based on the upside of those particular players. Like those opening six picks, I think give it's gonna be the rocket feel if this team makes a run at it. It definitely does. I you look at Brees Hall, if he were completely healthy, he'd be a one-two turn pick. Nick Chubb goes at the 111 in this draft. I mean, Nick Chubb has got to be a completely different back than he's ever been to justify that kind of pick. The Cleveland Browns have to be both a juggernaut and a juggernaut that flows through Nick Chubb. I mean, there are so many ifs when we're talking about a guy who, I mean, is a great player, but is now an older running back who hasn't done it. Reese Hall should be going ahead of Nick Chubb. I mean, that, I think that's just very clear. You have Brees Hall, you have Kenneth Walker, who should be a two, three turn player. You look at Walker, his profile coming out of college much better than Zach Charbonnet. His rookie season, absolutely fantastic showing off that explosiveness, your yards after contact, your explosive plays at the top 
of the NFL there. J.K. Dobbins, somebody who put up extraordinary advanced splits last season while, I mean, he could barely run. That's the kind of vision that he has. It's the kind of lateral agility that he has, the intuitiveness, the instinctiveness for how you move in the hole there, but also a reflection of how that Baltimore Ravens offense is going to work for the running back. Now, I think the argument here is that you probably prefer to have all three of those guys sprinkled across your team's as opposed to all on the same team, right? Because of those three, there's a pretty decent chance that at least one of them blows a hole in your roster. You put all three of them together, you're increasing those chances. And if the other two really go off, the third guy can still give you a problem. And so that is kind of what I would be looking at there. Kenneth Walker obviously is going to be the very controversial pick. We drafted him way ahead of ADP at a time when he's hurt. And so that was the pick that I think you could go a lot of different ways with. But again, one of the reasons why we considered it is that we weren't set up to reach on an elite QB at that point because we started with Wilson and Waddle. You look at the wide receivers, the very next pick is Mike Williams, who should probably be going two or three rounds later. Then you have Terry McLaurin, who has some exposure to the quarterback risk there. I was asking you about Christian Watson. I thought maybe that was the direction you would want to go. The reports on Jordan Love have actually been pretty mixed to bad. And I mean, he's going to be competing with Romeo Dobbs. So there's a lot of risk in there, even though Watson himself has some extreme upside. You had Drake London and DJ Moore go at the four or five turn. You know, th those guys could have a 30% target share and still be overvalued in those offenses. You have Brandon Ayuk at the 503. He's an interesting pick, but I mean, how early do you want to reach for him? Are you going to start taking him at the 405 when you can add him on a lot of teams in that 503 range? And then it's DeAndre Hopkins, then it gets back to us. So you look at Walker, you can say, okay, it makes it less controversial if you take one of these wide receiver selections. But when you look at each of the individual wide receivers in isolation as a pick and what it does for you there, other than simply, you know, taking away this argument of, oh, you reached on Kenneth Walker. Like, do those picks actually help you? I mean, the, the player that I would have on my rankings at the 405 would be JSN, who we that's, were that's able what to I was get gonna in say. round five. Yeah. When you asked the question about Watson, my decision on Walker was between JSN, Watson, and Walker, but I would have went with jsn over walker so again when we talked about at the back end of the draft those picks falling true to us you know we kind of got the running back and got the wide receiver that we would have wanted in the fourth round so we could have reached either way and it has worked out we've got both of them um sean the players though that we also missed out on there that we probably would have taken over walker i'm interested in your thoughts on that i was hoping for judy or etn to make it to us they went judy two picks before etn one pick before that walker pick for you is walker is etn clearly over walker for you in terms of running backs and then if judy's available is he a clear selection for you at that particular point in the fourth round i think that judy is now that tim patrick is out of the equation even though there's probably not a lot of route overlap with those guys and maybe judy has more of a moat than the other players in that offense based number one on what you would argue is his quality but then number two again the profile and yet i do think just the total number of targets and how they split 
he gets more safety there. I think the thing that you're worried about with a Judy is similar to what you're worried about with players on the Falcons and the Bears, for example, not from an overall plays perspective, but just that, I mean, you can be good. You can draw some targets. You can be efficient. And the whole cocktail still doesn't add up to what you need if the offense doesn't run a huge number of plays, but also if it just is a situation where you are the clear target leader, but you have so many people siphoning a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit somewhere else. If there's not much target concentration, you could be the target leader and have it still be a problem. But I certainly like him if he falls into the middle of the fourth round. Travis Etienne, I have valued in the middle of the third column. There's an article up on the site talking about him as the potential league winner for this season. Man, if he could have gotten one more pick, I would feel a lot better about this team. Yeah, and we are sneak peek. We're going to potentially be talking about both of the articles. We touched on the J.K. Dobbins one. We kind of not touched on it, but mentioned it. The other one of those being ETN. We may be focusing on those two running backs on a show later this week. So stay tuned for that. If you're watching this over on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button. And if you're listening on our audio platforms, make sure you leave us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're subscribed. You get all the shows once they're available. We appreciate each and every one of you listening and if you want to play over at underdog fantasy and you're signing up for a new account use the code rotoviz that will get you a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 dollars my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to martin my co-host is sean siegel check out his work up on rotoviz.com and until we are back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.